0: Welcome to Nairobi Chapel, Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. we will talking about this Jesus, like how, who, who is he, what did he do? I and mean, in as much as we know it, it is a time when we just really focus on exactly what he chose to do, why he did it. But before we get into that, this week, um, being that the rest season has begun, not just in the country, but in the churches, in organizations. I chose to just bangaiza on YouTube. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, scroll too. just looking at your things. There's nothing much you're looking for. And being that enough documentaries, I came across this documentary by, um, I think it was ABC, the news channel in the U.S. that talked about Sam cook How many know who Sam Koo was? Sam Cook Sam cook. Yes, Sam Cook is an American singer. He sang that song, uh, You Send Me, an amazing song. Every once in a while, dedicated to the most beautiful woman in the house. Amen. If you do not know her, see me after for the service. Sam, yeah, I'll tell you who she is. And so he is a crooner, a guy who was gifted in music. But I also realized in the documentary, Ali Kokanisa, like many of them, he began as a gospel singer, sang his dad, who was a pastor, went around um, the US doing that. But at some point decided, upon me, I'm done doing gospel music to earn a secure laugh. And he was a hit there as well. Did some amazing songs. That's where Akina Yuseni came, and many others. He was also a very good entrepreneur, a guy who got to actually own his own label. He took of all the masters to his songs and actually owned all of his music. Imagine that at that time. He was born in 1931, a very difficult time in the US, especially for the blacks, and died very young in 1964. But before he died, he wrote one of the most powerful songs that I've ever heard. It is sung by so many, and it is this song, Change is Going to Come. The way he called it was, Change is going Come, with his American accent. Change is gonna come, it's gonna come. And the text behind the song is simply that these atrocities the blacks were facing at that particular time, that at some point in life, change Iwakuja. It is very similar to what Martin Luther King Jr., many years after that, talked about when he said, I have a dream, that one day, and he listed the details of the dream. And so what's interesting is that this time in black American history, there was a lot of um, discrimination, like we all know, And all this guy was talking about is hopefully, man, one day, one final day, change, hope, goodness, something lovely will come. All this discrimination will end. And so, as I watched the documentary, it was almost an hour, I was like, hmm, what a beautiful story. I knew about his story, but I never really went into detail like that. And the funny thing, even with this song that he wrote, Hugo, Change is Gonna Come, is it was actually released after his death. But it is one of the most powerful songs in all of his life. And so they actually um, say things like, what would happen if he lived longer than 1964? How many other songs? What movements would he have joined? Would he be close to Martin Luther King Jr., or something m- might have happened that might have helped the black history uh, of the black people in, in, in America. And so as I, as I looked at that, I thought of Jesus, because it is what we are just thinking about in this season. Uh, my desire for this season, especially right here at Narubi Chapel in Bakasi, is that we would remember him in this time. Yes, we have him fun. Yes. We are resting. Yes, we are at a point where we are saying, hey Jehovah, thank you for the year and here we are, we are here to celebrate. But can you just find some time in these Sundays to celebrate him, to remember him? And so as I looked at some cook story, I was like, hmm, how does it relate? How well does it relate to Jesus? How amazing does it relate to him? Because something I was thinking about this morning as I was, I'm getting ready is I know theologically and chronologically Christ wasn't born in December. That we know. But I'm just trying to imagine the couple of days before Jesus was born. What was going on? Mary was pregnant, obviously. And if you've had your wife or seen her pregnant, <laughs> it was not a beautiful time for Monandubu Joseph. It was difficult. They could not find a place for Jesus to be born. It is a season where um, a lot was happening in the nation of Israel. They were slaves in their own country. And so I remembered and thought about this nation, Israel, especially that nation, Israel, and went back all the way to the Old Testament to the prophecies, which, if you follow us on social media, Nairobi Chapel and Bacassi, you'll see that we've been sharing a lot of prophecies about this Christ, just to help guys remember that Christ, had to talk here too, yes, we know, but he didn't just appear. He was spoken of by prophets in the Old Testament. I went all the way to Israel, and how God called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our patriarchal family the family that bore us especially us of the faith I went to the place of wondering how Abraham was called and how he came from a nation that knew not God but God chose him and said hey good you are the guy whose lineage I will use to bring up this nation I went all the way to Jacob and how he was a player Amen. So way, man he was Jama. he the nation of israel came from four women it wasn't that it came from just one it came from four he had he he, he was so um, off that his actual name meant that he was a deceiver four women bore these tribes of people who now become the place through which christ comes I went all the way to the kings of Israel. Remember Saul, for example, that the Bible calls the man who stood way above everyone. Then you could see him even in a crowd. He was majestic, looked like a king, but had not the heart of a king. I remember David, for example. David, who the Bible calls the man of God's heart, was so valiant that I remember in front of a giant like this, He's like, where went you in By the end of this, I'm going to be the one who is on top of this. Why? Because I have God on my side. David, who the Bible says, went to hide because Saul wanted to kill him. And in his hiding, takes a group of people. Many guys, but the Bible calls them the rejects of the society. But by the end of the story, these guys make the army of Israel the great men of David. This is the nation Israel from which Christ comes from. One of these guys, Beniah, who somebody in this house, somebody, I'm in the point fingers, preached about, my goodness, that someone was fire. The guy chased a lion. How many, by show of hand, how many have ever chased a lion? Ah, deceivers, deceivers in the house. <laughs> How many have ever chased a dog? Well, to, to, to try a dog? A dog. <laughs> this guy chased a lion. And the lion went into a pit. And what does this guy do? Goes into the pit and kills it. Why would you chase a lion into a pit? See me a pit, leave it there and he kills him. One of them, the Bible says, takes a spear and kills 300 men. 300. The nation of Israel had some soldiers, powerful people. And so by the time they are are starting to talk about Jesus and his prophecy, these guys are at at some difficult space. They are slaves. They have no power, they have no kings, the likes of David died ages ago and all of a sudden you almost are nobodies, you are the rejects of the world but for some reason there is a prophecy of this person who will be so powerful that the governments of the nation will be on his shoulders. I actually think that when the Israelites heard or read of Jesus, they actually thought that this guy would be the likes of David, the likes of Saul, the likes of Josiah in the Old Testament, kings of renowned um, power, guys who would stand above the rest. But then that wasn't the case. Allow me to read for us Isaiah chapter 9. If you can open your Bibles to Isaiah 9, that is a text I wanted us to look at. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah 9. Isaiah chapter 9. One of the prophets, major prophets of the Bible. Allow me to read. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. I'm reading from King James. When at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, in Galilee of the nations, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them as the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy, the joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise, and garments rolled in blood, but these shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord sent a word unto Jacob, and hath lighted upon Israel. And all the people shall know, even Ephraim and the inhabitant of Samaria, that saying the pride and stoutness of heart, the bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones." And sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Therefore, the Lord shall set up the adversaries of resin against him, and join his enemies together. The Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with open mouth. For all his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For the people turneth not unto him that smiteth them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off from Israel head and tail, branch and rush in one day. The ancient and honorable, he is the head, and the prophet that teaches, teacheth lies, he is the tail. For the leaders of these people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. Therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither shall have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For everyone is an hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaketh folly. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For wickedness burneth as the fire. It shall devour the briars and thorns, and shall kindle in the thickest thickets of the forest, and they shall mount up like the lifting up of smoke. Through the wrath of the Lord, of the hosts, is the land darkened, and the people shall be as the fuel of the fire. No man shall spare his brother. And he shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry, and he shall eat on the left hand, and they shall not be satisfied. They shall eat every man the flesh of his own arm. Manasseh, Ephraim, and Ephraim, Manasseh, and they together shall be against Judah. For all this, his anger is not hung away, but his hand is stretched out still. One of the things I, I am starting to understand about how the Israelites looked at the prophecies of Jesus is they actually assumed he would be just as the kings of old. They thought that maybe like David, he would destroy the Romans. They thought that maybe like Saul, he would be mighty upon the land. He would be this man who would establish another throne in Israel. But then Jesus is born, and he's not even a king. He's running for his life. He's just a boy like any one of them. His parents are nobody, like I said last week. They come to a point of understanding. This guy, how is the government going to be upon his shoulders? How is he going to help us defeat this Roman nation that is above us? And I actually believe they were very disappointed. Especially when Jesus starts his ministry, and some of even the Roman soldiers are his friends. Some of these guys are his pals. He heals the son of the centurion. And I'm sure they're going like, Okay, how, how... What's going on here? I thought, we thought, the nation thought, they're going to come and destroy these people. When they asked him about the coin, I'm sure the Israelites are going, ah, this, this is the moment. This is now when this guy will declare that he is in charge, that he's going to take over. And then he lifts up the coin and goes, give to Caesar. What is Caesar's? I'm sure guys were crushed. like, oh, Japanese guys. Go back where you came from. Disappear. You don't need to be here. But I'm sure what went on through the heart of Christ is I'm here to bring a change. A change is going to come. A change. I am here to change the destiny of mankind. But they had no clue. The change they had in mind was rulership, kingdom, earthly goodness, power for Israel, and domination across the other nations. All through the life of Christ, when you see him even talking to the disciples, all he's trying to tell them is, guys, I've come here for change. I've come to change the destiny of you who I'm going to leave behind. He spoke so powerfully, but had no earthly power as a human being, to the point they thought, this guy is crazy. Dude, we know your dad is a carpenter, crying out loud. Jews, you are the guy who I came for for my sofas. So how can you tell me that, that you're going to, nah, this, this can't be true. And so in this Christmas season, how has it been for you, especially looking through the year, what areas of your life did you want to change? Did the changes you wanted through the year manifest? Did you accomplish those areas you wanted to change? Some of us wanted to change our health. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying some of us, me included, <laughs> Could not only feel this side. I have not been to the gym for almost two years. It shows. Eh, maybe you but about be a jewel. Hmm. What is that change that you wanted in your life? Has it happened yet? Are you disappointed to the point you've given up on it? Are you like the Israelites who's like, Israelite? you know what? This will never happen. Might as well find my own way of salvation. Me, I'm done. Me, there's no other way to do this. Where are you in this Christmas season? Where is your heart? What are you planning for 2020? Is there something in your heart that you believe for everything that it will never happen? Like you are sure, you are 100%. Imagine, I've tried this thing for now. This is the fifth year. Imagine, uh, actually, it, it Me, I'm done. Are you there? And I'm here to remind you, just like the Israelites who never believed, Christ still went all the way to bring the change that they needed. Each one of them. So what, what, what is that thing? What? Is, what is that one thing, two, three, four, whatever it is? How how many of those things do you have in your heart? But you actually believe for for sure. This is never happen. In my family, none of us have ever done this. I had um, Joel Waga saying the other day that n- nobody in his family ever became anything. Anything, you know. And by anything, I don't mean that they're not doing anything um, that they like or love. But anything in public, to the point or to the level like Joel, nobody in their family. So when that started in his life, he actually sat there and thought, eh, okay, I think there's a mistake somewhere here. Something is going wrong. What is that thing for you? Because some of us have gotten to the point where you're like, okay, you know what, this will never happen, I'm done. Um, there's no change that will happen in my life. Happened in Jaribu. I've tried going to the gym for now six years. You know what? Tough. Of, of better is life. Of importance. Of importance is life. What is that thing? Maybe it's schooling. Some of us have tried going back to school for almost six years now. we just like, oh. And in as much as you have prayed about it, God has given you the go ahead, but for some reason things are just not aligning to that space. Maybe it's your marriage. Or for the singles in the house, maybe it's finding that, that, that. I'm not pointing any fingers. I know enough single guys here. What is it for you? I'm here to remind you or to encourage you that with Christ, the change will come. With him on your side, change is going to come. And I bet you that every person here has something for which you want to change. There is. If you don't, then you're wasting time. You should have gone to heaven, Kitambo. I don't know what you're still doing away. What is that thing? What is it? Because if Christ could do it, think about it for a second. Christ did it. He was almost a nobody in Israel, but he believed through him change would come to the nation, And he did. When he was almost going to the cross, they actually told him, his disciples, that he was crazy. Hey, boss, uh-uh. now I think a little bit. That uh, you went to do what? Die, and then rise, and then come back, and then salvation will be for mankind. What do you mean? He actually believed. He knew. I'm talking about the man Jesus. Knew that through him, change would come. Why don't you believe? Some of us here, God is waiting for you to be the change. Where well, when you're supposed to be this person who helps, maybe even the community around you to be the change. You've tried it for I don't know how many years. It's been a resolution for the past ten, maybe on your list. So you're like, ah, I but God is like, uh uh-uh. uh. It is you I need to bring that change. You to be it. As a parent, you, you realise this very quickly, by the way. That if I'm not the change agent my my child needs, they probably will never experience what they need to experience, or they need to do, or who they need to be. So, that is my question for us today. Jesus was a man, yes, God, but a man who believed that through him, change would come. I actually believe that the Old Testament is what Martin Luther King wrote about, I have a dream. The New Testament now becomes the dream that was written about in the Old Testament. That's my prayer for you today. As you leave the house of God. As you finalize those resolutions, those 2020 things you want to see happen, what is that thing, that change, that place that you've probably decided will never be because of what you've gone through this year? Maybe you've had a tough year. Like the businessmen are saying, it's been a tough financial year for us. Maybe your family has gone through something crazy. And you're like, oh, you know what? Ah, no, this cannot be me. I'm done. That one. Let me just, let me just be this okay person. Let me just do kawaii I'll be done with that. But maybe God is putting in your heart like, boss, I need you to be the change. But maybe your cousins need. Maybe your mom needs. I remember a friend telling me the other day, hey, I had to stand up in my, my house. Too much was going on. I had to stand up and say, you know what, guys, let's put everything down. Uh, We need to talk. Maybe that's all you need to do. You are the person your family is waiting for to go, okay, uh, guys, we are going in a different direction. This is not what we need to leave for our children. What is that thing? What is it? And I really pray and hope that this year you will decide be that change agent in your space, in your circles, in your home, in your family, in your marriage. Some of you just need to start holding hands and praying together. That's all it is. Become that in Jesus' name. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Trubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.